Welcome to Capital Locust, the local government finance podcast from the United Nations Capital Development Fund. Talking local globally. This podcast explores ideas and thinking about the role of local government finance as an accelerator of international development in line with the Sustainable Development Goals and Paris Agreement. Welcome to the seventh episode of Capital Locust. In this episode, we'll be talking to the Honorable Lamin B. Dibba. Honorable Lamin Dibba is the Minister of Environment, Climate Change and Natural Resources for the Gambia since January 2017. The minister oversees the line departments of forestry, parks and wildlife management and the National Environment Agency in Gambia. Honourable Dibber was previously the National Advisor to the SOS Children's Village for Gambia and the Executive Director of Gambia Women's Finance Association. He was also former Executive Director of NGO's Affairs Agency under the Ministry of Local Government and Regional Administration. I had the pleasure to speak to Honourable Dibber at the recent Conference of the Parties in Madrid, the big climate change event, and it was clear from talking to him that Honorable Dibba has the insight, the vision of what it will take to build a truly climate resilient Gambia and fully understands that this is about institutional strengthening, about local institutions and about local governments as the vehicles, uh, if you like, to operationalize and to make real a, a Gambia which is ready for two degrees increase in global temperatures overall, which will have a very significant impact on weather patterns worldwide. Gambia is one of the countries that is leading the way in terms of thinking ahead, getting ahead of the curve and making sure that it is adapted to this new environment. Because unfortunately, like it or not, climate change is real and climate adaptation is an existential matter for all of us. Honourable Dibba has also been instrumental in taking forward and advocating for the local climate adaptive living facility, which is a 15-country facility to ensure that local governments are able to drive climate change worldwide, report on it globally to climate finance, and Honourable Dibber is a global ambassador for Locale. Honourable Minister Dibber, Minister of the Environment in Gambia, thank you so much for agreeing to appear on this podcast as one of our guests. And I'd like to start off really by asking you to just share with us a little bit uh, your background, your experience, how you got involved in politics, and what is your role right now in the Gambia? Over to you, Honourable Minister. Thank you very much, David. I really thank you for giving me this opportunity to share my experiences. Actually, I am Lamin Bidiba, Minister of Environment, Climate Change and Natural Resources of the Republic of the Gambia. I started as a program officer uh, at the Ministry of Local Government and land and became deputy executive director and then became executive director of the, of the uh, NGO Affairs Agency. This NGO Affairs Agency is responsible 
for coordinating monitoring registration and the, uh, monitoring the activities of NGOs on the ground and also both at the local and national level. So um, this is how I got so much interested in local development, in local, in local development. And from there, I became executive director of the Gambia Women's Finance Association, which is also dealing with grassroots women and also looking for more innovative finances to support the development uh, of these women, but also looking at their socioeconomic status, how their socioeconomic status can be enhanced. And I also learned some processes and also build some interest in building the capacities of local women that, that can leverage the economic development. And then I became advisor to the SOS Children's Village, the Gambia. And uh, from there, uh, in 2016, when the need to change dictatorship in this country, all political parties were consulted, including my own party, the National Convention Party, which we immediately agreed to be part of the coalition to ensure that we vigorously campaign and sensitize the population to, you know, root up, to uproot uh, dictatorship in the country. And after the elections, we emerged victorious. Uh, from there, uh, my party was consulted to, to present a candidate to the, the president for, uh, for to, to, nominate, to be nominated as a minister representing the party uh, in cabinet. And this is how I was unanimously nominated by my party, presented to the, the president to become a minister responsible for environment, natural resources of the Republic of the Gambia. Thank you so much indeed, Honourable Minister. That's a fascinating story. And um, to take the conversation further, one thing that you have done since becoming um, minister is you have identified local governments, both in the urban and rural areas, as an important vehicle for achieving the climate resilience of the Gambia. Why do you think local governments can help you achieve this objective? David, this is quite obvious, because when we talk about climate and the climate and its attendant impact on the lives and the livelihood of the people, uh, majority of the people who are affected are people living in the local government areas. And uh, using the local government to ensure that the capacities of those people are built is very, very pertinent to help us achieve our objective under the climate policy that we have just uh, crafted. And this climate policy has at its heart, you know, building the capacity of the local people, thus enhancing their resilience. So it's from the policy perspective that we are including the local government in, you know, ensuring that uh, the capacities of the local councils, as well as the people on the ground, are built to help us achieve uh, climate resilience at the at the local level, but notwithstanding uh, it, the local councils have proved to be very effective in terms of uh, uh, sensitizing the people because they are closer to the people, people believe in them, people listen to them. So when they talk to them about rainfall patterns, they listen. 
when they talk to them about the development, they listen to them. So this is why it is important for, for them uh, to be included in, in our uh, crusade to, to ensure that climate and its attendant problem at the level of the community is dealt with. But also we recognize through the policy that we have to involve them at, not only at their level, but also at the national level to involve the ministry responsible for local government to be part of the, the national committee, the national council uh, on climate and uh, uh, relevant ministries like agriculture, who are also more decentralized than any other ministry who are already in touch with the grassroots and they are always on the ground. So this is why uh, my ministry, we deem it important to include local goals in all the activities that we do, particularly when it comes to climate uh, adaptation, to climate change and building resilience at the local level. Thank you so much indeed, Minister. And in doing so, Gambia has really joined a group of countries which are leading the way in terms of climate adaptation. And what is interesting is that these countries are, you know, from uh, the north, the south, the east, the west, and they are a variety of different nations. But what unites them is their belief that local governments are a key vehicle to achieving climate adaptation and we are finding that they are, as you quite rightly pointed out, by involving local governments in the climate adaptation and climate resilience programs, they are actually achieving greater efficiency because they are able to use the existing delivery mechanisms, the existing decision-making processes, the existing procurements, mm -hmm. than trying to do it all through big projects which have high yeah. uh, overheads. Would you like to comment on that, Minister? Yes, well, certainly. Um, yes, I remember in New York I was invited by the OECD to talk about this particular topic. And what I emphasized was that we have to move away from business as usual because uh, procurement at the level of the community, you know, one, it, it gives you value for money, two, it quickly delivers the goods and services that is required quickly to the people and is tangible on the ground and people can associate themselves with those developments. So it, it is important that when you look at what we have achieved so far and why the Gambia is leading the way is because we are so much particular about the grassroots. And if you look at our NDC, the nationally determined contribution, clearly it tells you what is our target and how much we want to do that. And now we are looking at decentralizing this to the local communities so that in terms of energy efficiency, uh, how many people are there without energy and how can we make energy available to them? And I have just... Uh, I think during our conversation in Madrid, I did tell you that the NAMO facility has just approved 10 megawatts of solar, which would be at the level of the community, not even at the national level. We're going to put one in Bafi, which is at the far end of the country, and the other one in Farafeni. That will serve the rural people to provide those services 
but in the implementation process, the local people themselves have to feel that they are part and parcel of it so that the long-term sustainability of such development can be guaranteed at the local level. And these can have significant impact because when these things happen, it comes with all the development. If you have agro-processing industry over there, that also ensures that the people are empowered and they are brilliantly built. So it is quite easy. But the local councils also can take the lead in ensuring that they are regions. That is why this year when I was going for COP, I ensured that uh, one of the governors is part of my delegation to see what is happening in other parts of the world and adapt already what we have, particularly with what you people are doing here, the local, UNCDF local, you know, supporting local people in their own community and they get their pay. So all this is to ensure that people's resilience are built on the ground. So I believe that with this, we would be able to achieve more and we can attract more funding to use money, to use money where it's needed and where it's required and where the people matters. Because this is very significant for us. If you buy, you know, vehicles, yes, vehicles can facilitate movement. But what, what would be the long-term impact of vehicles? on the lives and the livelihood of the people. If you buy other, other assets, uh, how long would that serve those communities? But if you build the capacities of the people on the ground, that can serve them for the rest of their life. And these, they can use it to make a living. And you know, the, it can spur local economic development that can in turn spur national development. Absolutely. So. One of the things which we're really looking forward to working with you on this year is uh, now that Gambia, as you mentioned, has joined the Local Climate Adaptive Living Facility to welcoming you to the, the board of LOCAL, along with the uh, other ministers from 15 countries from three continents that have joined this uh, facility. Now, one of the objectives of LOCAL is to channel global climate finance to the local level. A lot of the global climate finance is caught up in large projects or it's just not moving. And Locale aims to use the fiscal decentralization systems as a way to deliver on this global climate finance. And recently, Cambodia became accredited for direct access to the Green Climate Fund to channel uh, climate finance to the local level. What is your view in joining this board? And I know in Madrid you agreed to become an ambassador for the local climate adaptive living facility, which will involve mobilizing other countries along with Gambia to lobby for global climate finance to be channeled to the local level. How do you view this task? And would you like to comment on it? Thank you very much, Honorable Minister. Yeah, I think this is uh, significant. It's important for us uh, as a country to join the family of uh, uh, this group uh, to advocate for those that need to be empowered, to advocate for countries to come on board and to do mainstream local financing, local climate financing in their activities. Because uh, as I said earlier, I mean, this is an important mechanism where we can advocate for the, the poor, the poorest of the poor. Because why I'm saying this, most of the vulnerabilities exist at the local level. So to ameliorate 
that vulnerability and reduce their risk to other climate hazards, it is important that they have direct access. And for uh, countries like the Gambia to have that direct access or accreditation, obviously, will help us not only to save our 10% or 15% as some would claim to other institutions, but also it will galvanize support for like-minded uh, countries that have similar issues regarding uh, 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 risk profile. So risk profiling would help us to ensure that we have addressed the root cause of those risks. Because if you don't know the risk, it will be difficult for you to address it. So all these, uh, this facility will help us to advocate for the powerless, but also ensure that adequate financing is available at the level of the local people to support themselves to enhance their resilience. So I think uh, this is an important opportunity, and I'm glad to be part of this. And as you already know, we have the LDC group that we are working with, and I am very active with the chair of the LDC in ensuring that the LDC, we get a lot of support. So we can, you know, bring in the element of uh, local to... Uh, advocate, you know, the LDC members. We are about 47 countries, uh, almost about how many billion people. So this is quite an opportunity where we can use this opportunity to to to, to advocate on behalf of the, the LDC group to bring in more members, but also have meaningful development at the level of the communities. Thank you so much indeed, Minister, and uh, we look forward to working with you at the National Adaptation Expo in Botswana this year and also later on at the local board meeting with the other uh, 15 countries and seven uh, candidate countries, some of whom will send representatives. But before we finish, Minister, we always finish on a kind of different note. So I'm going to ask you a couple of other questions. And you have to pick one answer. You don't have to explain why, but you can if you like. Um, just, <laughs> so the first question is, if you could choose to live in the middle of a bustling city with all of the amenities around you, or live in a rural residence surrounded by farmland and animals and crops, which would you choose? Are you a rural-minded person or an urban-minded person? Oh, David, oh, David, David, this is... You know, I was even when I was at SOS, whenever I'm on, a, I'm on track, I always tell my boss, can I have my office in the, in the provinces? So I believe in the... It, I, I live in the rural area because there you are. Okay, you don't want me to explain, but I live in the rural area. <laughs> no, you can explain. That's okay. Please go ahead. I'd be interested to hear why. Yeah, because, I mean, that is more of natural environment. Yes, uh, exactly. Than built environment. Than built environment where, you know, you are diverting the course of nature and that can have some consequences uh, either immediately or uh, in the long run. So I believe that uh, having nature surrounding you and you can live healthily, you know, you can live a healthy life and that way you can have, you, you can live long, you know. So I believe that uh, rural, the, the rural setup suits me better than, than, than the modern city. Thank you. And, and finally, another question then is, is psychologists 
have said that uh, the more human beings look at the color green, the more relaxed they feel. Do you subscribe to that theory? The more people look at color. The more people look at the green, the color green, the more relaxed yes. they feel. So the color green is a color that relaxes the human mind. And of course, in the rural areas, there is a lot of green around, and in the urban areas, no, no, not so much. No, I wonder, do you subscribe? Do you agree with that theory? David, not only, you know, feel you, you feel relaxed, but it, it will, green it even improves your eyesight. Right. It, 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 it not only relaxes, but it, it even improves your eyesight. That is true. That is a very interesting observation. So one key element as well to take away from this in urbanization is that we need to find ways to make cities not only green in terms of their energy efficiency uh, and low carbon, but also green visually. That has to be a, a challenge, I think, uh, if, if we are going to face an urban future. Yes, certainly. Um, from our perspective, from the Gambia, we... My ministry is even thinking of establishing an urban forestry department under the Department of Forestry to to do more reforestation around the urban area and create more green zones. As a result, we, we have developed a five-year plan where we are saying next year we are planting one million trees in response to our commitment under the bond challenge where we, we are we have challenged ourselves to 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 restore 400,000 hectares of land back to forest. So uh, I think this is in line, and uh, we believe that urban not only low carbon emission economy, but uh, also to have physical green around you would also improve to regulate the microclimate around you, and that way, you know, people can live in. The ambience will be excellent for them. Thank you so much indeed, Minister. You know, we may come back and talk to you about that later because that's something that I think we can discuss together. Uh, Minister, I know you have other appointments, and so I really want to thank you for your time. I really appreciate it, Minister, and look forward to meeting you again soon. Thank you, David. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. Hope you enjoyed this episode. This is Capital Lowcast, the local government finance podcast from the United Nations Capital Development Fund. Thanks for listening. See you next week.